Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense or knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Before we get started today, I would love to share some tools with you to help with stress and feeling overwhelmed, especially for the energetically sensitive person. Feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So I'm super excited today to reconnect with Natalie Lockhart, and she has been my guest three times already. She was my first podcast guest. She is the supplier of the beautiful Yeti that we are recording on, and the journey that's gone on, I'm super excited to bring people up to date on what's going on in Nat's world. So Natalie, thank you so much for saying yes again. How are you? I'm good, Heather. Thank you for having me. I'm so I'm excited to be here again. I love this. I love your podcast. I love what you do. And I'm just I'm thrilled to be here. Well, like last time, we just did a quick little update for ourselves to remind ourselves where the heck we were last time. And last time, you were in the throes of revolutionizing the GED program, putting it online. We were just kind of, I don't know, six months into COVID. And now you have taken another leap in a very intuitive direction, and you've brought another podcast guest along with you, your husband, Mark Lockhart. So please give us an update. What's going on? Okay. So still doing the the GED program, the online program. Uh, still do it. It's my, it's my full-time gig, and I'm totally loving it. I think I did say this in the in previous podcast episodes, but in terms of all of the jobs that I've had, this one is by far the most rewarding. Working with people, making a difference in their lives, helping them just get beyond their frame of mind and, and show them what's possible. And so it's honestly... It's incredible. So I continue to do that as a full-time gig. But you know, Heather, that I always have something else on the go. Yes. Uh, And actually, we do, Marks and I, we pursued a business opportunity pretty heavily. And it was right around the time that COVID hit that we started pursuing this business opportunity. And we were in it for about a year and a half. And when I say in it... It was our entire souls were in this business opportunity. And it was the just looking into the finances and the books and can we do this and the just all of the things that go along with buying a business. Marks and I have a dream book and we have had a dream book that has followed us everywhere since we've met. And so the, we cracked out the dream book like hard And we had all these ideas and dreams and passions and vision. And we were 
crushed when this business opportunity fell through. And for a few months, we were pretty devastated and kind of went through this mourning process. And then we came out of it and thought, okay, what do we do with all these incredible ideas and dreams that we have? What do we do with this? We weren't prepared to just let it go. So I can tell you, from the time we decided that we can't just let this go, all of these ideas, because we have things to share with people in terms of eating better food, being more fit, losing weight. We have a lot of really great information to share with people. So by the time we figured out, okay, it's too important to just let it go, from that time, fast forward six weeks, I had a new website up and running. We had a YouTube show created. And the best part, Heather, is that we also had a cookbook created. Six weeks. In six weeks, you want to talk about finally figuring out like just what it feels like to not have to be fighting and pushing your way through to start a business. I've attempted a few businesses before. And it was always like, oh, my God, what do I say? What do I do? I don't even know. What like, What do I offer? How do I make money? And then in six weeks to have all of this done and have a cookbook and start selling it and start making money, it's like, whoa, is this what it's supposed to be? Is this what it's supposed to be like? So that's kind of, in a nutshell, what, what's been going on uh, in, in our lives for the last two years. Well, and... I am a purchaser of your cookbook and I recently learned how to season my cast iron pan that's been sitting in my cupboard for, I don't know, probably 18 months, (laughs) intimidating me going, I know you're beautiful, but I'm going to stay using my stainless steel frying pan for a little while longer because, you know, I don't know what to do with you and I don't want to ruin you, you beautiful thing. So you know how you keep those things in packages that you know are like oh you're beautiful you're probably worth more just as you are than me screwing you up that's kind of what my cast iron frying pan has been anyways needless to say it hasn't been done yet but it will be done as life calms down a little bit on this side so you guys have this great way of throwing a little bit of sass in what i mean while you're the sassy one and marx is more the straight man i from what I gather, but that probably has to do with the amount of curl you each have in your hair. I'm not sure. (laughs) Maybe. It seems like you guys are hitting your stride and in a bit of a groove because I didn't realize how much Marx was an educator, but he's, he's a natural educator and you, you've been in the teaching industry forever, even if it was initially under duress, but um, yes, yeah, it's kind of fun to see you two go at it. So, yeah. And it's fun, it's fun to do. When I first said to Marx, or just kind of put the idea out there just to see how it was going to be received, and he jumped at it. I said, you know what, I think we should do this video or to start these videos. It's just going to be you and me in the kitchen. We're going to have fun. It's going to be completely, completely unedited because we've got Juliet, who is 12, she literally is our videographer, so she'll sit there. Um, she'll sit there at the bar, and she's got her elbows all propped up, and she's got the camera, and she'll give us a nod when she's ready, and off we go. So there's, so there's really, it's it's really unedited, and it's not a ton of work. And 
he spends so much time in the kitchen and it just comes so naturally to him that when I, when I first just kind of put it out there, that idea, when I first approached it, he said, um, he's like, well, everyone knows this stuff. Like, what am I going to be teaching people? I said, you have no idea. This is your strength. And not everyone has the same strengths. You must teach, teach these things that you do in the kitchen. You must start sharing with the tips and techniques and just what you do and even how you chop up a clove of garlic like I didn't know how to do that before I met him so yeah so we press record and off we go and we have fun and the first the first time we actually put bloopers on the end of our show was this was this show that we did with the cast iron and uh and we had a bunch of bloopers and put the bloopers on it was just it's so much fun how can how can you not how can we not do this we have fun we do a bunch of videos in one day we don't change our clothes we just continue you know off we go and just do our thing and and have a ball doing it yeah yeah it's cool and you've got the the kitchen component that you're doing and you talk about the fact you're going to bring fitness into it you're Tell us, who's your market? So my market is parents. I teach parents the doable action steps for living a healthier life, for losing weight, eating delicious and nutritious foods, using proven strategies to to become more fit and to lose weight with ease. That's my whole shtick. If you're finding that weight loss is hard, you are doing it wrong. It doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be a complete overhaul of your entire diet, which is what so many people do. And then they, it only lasts for a few weeks or maybe months and then it's too hard. So then people stop doing it. Mm. Of course you're going to stop doing it because it's hard. Let's make it easy. Known you both for a little while now, and you guys came in already with some of the basics down. So, like in terms of basics, I mean, eating cleaner, like aware of what you're putting in your mouth, like not you aren't like living in a fast food drive-through as a family generally, right? Like, so do people need to be kind of at that? awareness of like shopping the markets or like where can people be because because it is an overhaul of your diet because I used to be a Michelina girl in my corporate life but it was an evolution of awareness where's the starting point for people with your group so starting point is where you are at this moment that's the point if you're eating takeout a couple times a week or five times a week, or if you're eating super clean and, and still struggling to, to drop a few pounds or just to be a little bit healthier, that's where you start. You start where you're, where you are. And I teach three main skills that people need to work on and master these skills that before going into any advanced weight loss strategies, because why would you do the advanced strategies if you haven't mastered the basics yet? Mm-hmm. So the number one, number one thing I teach everyone is eat when you're hungry, stop when you've had enough. If you're driving through the, if you're going through takeout for supper or for lunch or whatever, 
ask yourself, am I actually hungry or am I only eating because it's noontime? Or am I actually hungry or am I only eating because it's supper time? Eat when you're hungry. We have gotten so far away from listening to our bodies. Our bodies are are made to tell us when we're hungry. But we eat when it's breakfast. We eat because it's snack time. We eat because there's a muffin in the, in the lunchroom. We eat because we're bored. We eat because we're mad. We eat because we're sad. Because it's lunch. Because it's supper time. Not allowing our body to even tell us, I'm not hungry. We just eat. And when people can master only eat when you're hungry and stop when you've had enough, that is where we, that's where I start with everyone starting to be really, and again, Heather, it takes your, your message into account, be really intuitive Mm -hmm. and listen to your hunger and fullness cues. Am I hungry? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm going to eat. Am I hungry? No, I'm not. I'm not going to eat. I got to tell you my, when I, when I started teaching this, uh, my mom who is 75 years old and, and has put on some weight since, since the pandemic, as a lot of people have. And when I, when she started just doing that, eating when she's hungry, stopping when she's had enough in a few weeks time, she was down 10 pounds and a complete pant size. She changed nothing else except for that. That's where everyone needs to start. You don't need to do a big overhaul because overhaul on your diets don't work long term. And I am in it for the long haul. And I want people to see results and continue with these behaviors for the rest of their lives. Because why go through all the bother and hassle to make a bunch of change if you're not going to stick with it. So if you're, but, it, but be prepared to, to stick with something and have it to be so easy and intuitive that you're able to, you're able to do it for the rest of your life. Right. Right. And yeah, when you were speaking, I'm like, Oh, there it is. This is why I asked you back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there, there it is right there. Bam. Yes. Eat when you're hungry, stop when you've had enough. And when it took me, I'm going to be very honest it took me a year to master that skill a year and i still will sometimes eat when i'm when i'm not completely hungry but that's okay because the majority of the time i am listening to my body and only eating when i'm hungry it took me a year though but that's this is the skill that needs to be implemented and practiced and mastered and if you can do that, you'll never have to worry about your weight again because your body is telling you, I'm hungry and I'm not hungry anymore. Right. Well, and then I would assume that there's that's just a launch pad to actually that food right there doesn't really taste good. Exactly. Right. So that's my first skill that I teach. Mm-hmm. The second skill I teach is to eat slowly and mindfully as often as you can in this busy world when people are running everywhere and it's just crazy busy take a minute while you're eating to just to to actually recognize the flavors 
and to taste the food in your mouth and to chew and swallow fully before you're jamming another bite in. And just by being by be, by eating a little a little more slowly and a little more mindfully, that allows your your brain to catch up with the amount of food that's going in and just like, okay, I get the message. I don't I don't need to finish this donut or I don't need to finish this salad or I don't need to finish this my supper. I don't need to clear my plate because I've actually had enough and I'm satisfied. Mm -hmm. So that's the second skill. And then the third skill is to learn how to eat on a continuum. And by a continuum, I mean, it's, it's like a, a little bit of a scale or a spectrum that when you're, when you're eating to approach each meal with the question of how can I make this better? If you are going through the drive through it doesn't matter what you're ordering. If you're ordering a hamburger and French fries, or if you're going to Starbucks and you're ordering a dessert coffee, it doesn't matter. You can use this for anything. How can I make this better? If you're normally supersizing something, can you drop it down to a medium or a small fry? Can you have, can you have, uh, or can you, can you have a hamburger maybe and leave half of it there? Or can you take less cream and less sugar in, in a coffee? Can you, can you say no to the whipped cream? How can you make it better? With those three skills, when you master those, the weight just falls off you because you're not eating based on clock, pressure, when you just, when you feel that you need to, when your emotions kick in, you're being super mindful about it and you're just trying to make it better. So everyone needs to just start where they are today. No big overhauls. And that's why it works. Exactly. So I'm going to shift gears. I expect that there's going to be some shifting because you've done this during COVID. You've test driven it yourself. And like you said at the very start, this is actually extremely intuitive what you're doing because Intuition is also listening to our bodies, not just like the greater or whatever you want to call it, where I mean, there's so many different ways it comes. And this is a way that it's coming actually from your body. Has intuition changed for you as you've gone through this journey? Let me tell you about my intuition, Heather. You know a little bit about my intuition I anyway, do. just because we have a relationship. And well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so my intuition, let me tell you, has changed so much in the past Let's, well, let's call it two years since, since the last time we, we chatted. Mm -hmm. I have become more in tune to myself because working with you, Heather, and over the, over the course of the pandemic, I was really affected by it. My energy was so affected by what's going on in the world. And I've never thought of myself as a sensitive person to what's going on. I always thought I balanced myself really well with being able to unplug and just being able to compartmentalize different things that I need to. But pandemic hit and it was all out the window. It was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's wrong with me. And chatting with you and you helping me and you pointing me in different directions and go listen to this podcast and listen to this guy and go do try this and do this. And so it's really created this routine in my world 
where I check in with myself every day and I call it soul messages. This is not something new. I took it from someone. I did not create this. You might even know the person I took this from, Heather. Yeah, it's soul do. Message. do you yes. know this? Yes, yes. Okay. So I check in with myself every single day. And in my agenda, you know, I'm a paper girl. I have my daily agenda and I write everything down because that's what keeps me organized. At the top of my agenda for every day, there's a little box that's for like, you know, the real important things that are going on in your day. And every single day I write SM and I just, I put a little hyphen. I just wait for the day, for a time when I can check in with myself or for something to even just pop into my mind that's completely random. And I recognize it just, oh, is that my soul message for the day? Okay. And that's what I write down. And every time I have a soul message that my body is, or my mind, or my soul is giving me this message, I always do it. And over the last six weeks, it's probably one of the reasons why we were able to accomplish so much with the website and the cookbook and the YouTube show and everything is because I kept checking in with myself every single day. And that has been a complete game changer for me. I have to tell you a story about my soul message that I got on Friday. And my soul message on Friday impacted my day today. Let's check my girl's homework. So Fiona, who's in grade four, 10 years old, and she has this allergy that has come to light and we're in the process of going to a referral for for her allergies just to see what it is. We think it's a, it's an allergy to like oil pastels, like those crayons, something about the oil in that. But I don't even know. I don't even know what, what is going on. And it is, it's disturbing and it makes me a little bit crazy at times because I don't know what it is that she's actually allergic to or if she's allergic to anything. I don't know. Anyway, checking her homework and... The, the homework for Monday was bring a white something so that we can tie dye. And my body immediately went into, went into the, the mode of sending me messages that said, nope, do not send her for tie dye today. Do not send her for tie dye. I don't know why, Heather. I don't know why. This morning she had art class and it's first period. I kept her home. I don't know why this, but over the weekend, every time I thought about it, it was like, nope, don't send her, don't send her, don't send her. I didn't send her. Will I ever know, Heather, what if I had sent her, what would happen? I won't ever know. But that's just an example of just of listening to those little messages where as a year ago, two years ago, I would have said, are you kidding me? No, she's not missing school because it's tie-dye. Get your butt to school. So awesome. So awesome. I mean, so that's just that's an example of the kind of messages my body is sending me. And I make sure that I listen to them, even if they're ridiculous at times. Oh, my gosh, some of them are ridiculous. I always listen to it. Awesome. And how does that impact your life? Like, I mean, you had a kid at home today. Is it more stressful or more peaceful? Like, there's a continuum there. How much work is it to listen to your soul messages, I guess? Or how, how does it impact you? It makes me feel more free. That's how it impacts me. In terms of time, it doesn't impact me at all. 
Because if I don't receive, if I don't listen to a soul message, and I sometimes have no soul messages. Sometimes there are days when that when that little important piece on my agenda is blank. And I don't push it. But oftentimes it does say something in it. If I don't receive a soul, like a soul message, if I don't recognize something and be like, oh, wait a second, this needs needs to be listened to, then I will check in with myself at the end of the day. I think I spend maybe two or three minutes and just check in listening, quiet. Do you have anything to tell me today is what I say. And if it's blank, I just, I let it be. If not, I write it down and then, and then I make sure I do it. Sometimes I don't do it that day because sometimes it's not applicable to that day, but it doesn't have a time impact in my day at all. The impact it has is the freedom when I'm listening and then things work out. It's like, Oh man, why didn't I do this years ago? Mm -hmm. So it's pretty freeing. That's the impact that it has on me. That's, that's the word and the emotion that I can tie to it. Awesome. Very, very cool. That's a yippy skippy, like hop down the street, skipping thing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a, like a roller skating down the street. Like you're like you're 10 years old kind of thing. Yes, exactly. That's another way connecting with things that, light you up right like yeah that's another way that intuition can fly into our world and it sounds like your adventure is a bit like that yeah and you're so good with that too Heather that you you push people and you just you will spew all of these ideas and just hoping that that something will resonate and that is where you like you just you shine when it comes to that stuff when we have an appointment and we're chatting about intuition and different and tuning to your your little person and doing this and this and this it's like oh my gosh if one thing resonates go do it yeah the world needs more joy i figure and and if we can connect with the little in us that will bring us joy and that listening to that isn't crazy it's actually a voice in your head sometimes but it's not crazy well and to sit back and witness the transformations that happen is where i get i get giddy it's fun absolutely so you also have brought four paws into your life i have thanks for bringing her up i totally forgot her yeah yeah we have a new addition she's well she's two and a half now i know Oh, we've never uh, talked about her because that that was an interesting thing. I, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm a dog lover and I am kindred with her youngest daughter who's a dog lover. And I, just like I told Natalie to quit her job for years, I also told her to get her youngest daughter a dog for years. And it turned out that uh, <laughs> that dog isn't her youngest daughter's. It's actually Natalie's dog. <laughs> am I right 100, there? 100%. <laughs> So how'd she come about? Yeah, it was a little crazy how she came about. And again, from from my from my youngest and just over and over and over again. Can I please get a dog? Can I get a dog? Can I get a dog? We had at one point, Heather, I don't, I don't know, maybe 30, 30 dog stuffies in our house. And we had a kennel, a small little kennel for dogs. And we had beds and we had blankets and we had toys. We had sweaters, we had leashes for stuffed animals and it came to a point where she was crying 
almost every day, mom, can you please get me a dog? I thought, oh my gosh, the last thing I need is a dog and a puppy. No last, the last thing I want is this. She wore me down, plain and simple. My child wore me down. And we, it was in September when Marks and I started talking about it. So two years ago, uh, we started talking about, should we do this? Are we crazy? Do we really need a puppy in this, in our house? We're nuts. But Fiona really wants a dog. So, okay, why don't we do this? So we started doing some research. And it was you, actually, Heather, who told, who put us onto this, in, onto the Portuguese water dog breed. And so there's a breeder in Chester. And we went down, and Mark's, Mark's works in Halifax all the time. So he went down and did a little scoping out and see and go visit the dogs, visit the, visit the, the mom, and see what the puppies are like. And anyway... So we ended up buying a dog and giving it to the girls at Christmas time because the, so Nicole was born in, she was born November 28th and we didn't, we couldn't get her until late January. We couldn't bring her home until late January. So we gave it to the girls for Christmas. And so Marks and I went down to Chester and took a video of Nicole. I don't even think that she would have been a week old. And we picked her up and she was crying and carrying on. And, you know, this video of this dog, she was still like wet and gooey almost like, ah, puppy stuff. And um, anyway, took this video. It was just like, Merry Christmas. Here's your dog. Well, the tears on Christmas morning made everything worthwhile. And then the dog enters our life. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what did we just do? I can tell you. The dog almost went back to the breeder a number of times because it was chaos and she was bad. Oh, my Lord, she was bad. But it turned out that I don't even know if it was really Fiona who needed the dog or if it was me because she is 1,000% my dog. I adore every part of her. I worry about her like she's a child. I look after her probably like she's a child. And I adore this dog. So much so that my other previous dogs, I had so many rules. They weren't allowed upstairs. They weren't allowed on the furniture. They weren't allowed here. And there was just, there were so many rules for my dogs, but it was because they, because they don't like the dog hair. So Nickel doesn't shed. She can do whatever she wants. There's no, there's no rules for Nickel. You want to come upstairs? Come upstairs. Well, she's not allowed on the furniture, but sometimes don't tell. I do sneak her on the chair when no one's home. (laughs) I love her. Awesome. Thank you yeah. for sharing because uh, yeah, it's funny eh? how sometimes our most joyful things can have a little bit of pain in them or how often our heart actually resists what we need. Mm-hmm. It's usually because we know too much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the in-between is where the joy is. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We have so much fun with her. And this morning, actually, when Fiona was home from school, because I <laughs> I didn't send her to do her tie-dye for whatever reason, Fiona put a, Fiona just grabbed this baby blanket that she has, and she made a bonnet for the dog, put this bonnet on, and she's walking around, and then she's, Mom, look at the bonnet! Like, she just, she also gets so much joy from this little four-legged creature. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Natalie. This has been great. I'm excited for your trajectory and and your soul messages. Message to everybody is so important these days. It's huge. So thank you for sharing that as well. 
Oh, thank you for having me again, Heather. It's always a pleasure to be here and you are a delight as usual. Thank you. All right. Well, until next time. Thanks. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.